Hey guys, welcome to the Swap Motor Live Show presented by OGO Power Sports and FMF Racing. I'm Don Maeda and I'm joined today by Muckoff Honda's Justin Brayton. A new name for the team, is it kind of weird? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, definitely. you weren't on Penrite full-time last year. But. No, but always in, in Australia. Yeah. So um, yeah, Penrite Honda for, was over there for four years. And then, um, yeah, it's funny, people are like, oh, Penrite's, the, the team's no longer around and this and that, but um, still the same team. Yarif's mm -hmm. still the owner, just Penrite, the sponsor, is, um, is not over here stateside because mm -hmm. they actually don't uh, have any distribution over here. So, you know, no reason for them to, to sponsor a team over here at the moment. And uh, so, yeah, for Muckoff to come on board is, I mean, so cool, such a cool brand. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, stoked to be a part of it. It's pretty cool that Yareev was able to find another title sponsor like that. You know, I mean, it's, look at, you know, the Geico Honda team yeah. went away because they could not replace it. Mm -hmm. But uh, is, do you know, is Yareev the guy making the calls and doing the hustling or does he have an agent or something? He does it all. Really? Yeah, he does 100% everything. And that's his biggest strength. He's, he's a marketing genius. I've said it since I've met him. Like he's just, his sponsors that he gets in Australia, um, yeah, the way he goes about it, uh, his, I guess his plan and the way he's going to execute with that sponsor um, is, is next level. I haven't seen anything like it. So mm -hmm. uh, it's cool that he's able to make something happen. We've talked about it for a long time. Uh, obviously, having the success we've had over in Australia, we're always like, man, one day it'd be so cool to do something together in the States. Last year, 2020, was kind of like his trial run. Penrite supported him. Uh, American Honda supported him a little bit. And, um, and Honda Australia obviously supported him a lot to, to give him the freedom to come over here. And, um, and it was his dream. He'd never been to a Supercross race in America. Mm -hmm. And the guy, if, if you know Yuriv, you know he's the most passionate guy oh, about, yeah. about yeah. Uh, Supercross and Motocross. Uh, so for him to come to Anaheim 1 uh, for the first time ever, to actually have a semi in the pits, to own a race team, that was cool. And, and um, it was cool to be a small part of it. Obviously, uh, making some connections mm -hmm. to try and get him get him over here, and and um, but yeah, now you know being a, a big part of it um, has been really really fun. Uh, I talk to him pretty much daily, like every night. Uh, being in North Carolina, uh, it's morning time in Australia, so mm -hmm. he's getting up. I'm going to bed. We kind of touch base and. Hey, I talked to this sponsor, talked to this guy, talked to that guy. All right, cool. I'm gonna do this today, and uh, so it's been fun to be a part of it. And uh, I think we'll have a lot of success. Like I said, he's a he's a marketing genius and and knows the racing world inside mm -hmm. and out. So it'll be yeah. fun. When you say when you said the word passionate about him, right? I'm like, yeah, that's exactly the word I was gonna use because mm -hmm. I met him. <clears throat> I met him at Anaheim one last year, mm -hmm. and I did a little video with him. I'm like, hey, you read? Tell me about the team and what it's like to be here. And he was so excited to be in America with a team and a legit team, yeah, right? Yeah. His eyes started watering and he started yeah, like yeah. tearing up and stuff. I'm like, whoa, dude, this guy's <laughs> so happy to be yeah. here. But super nice guy. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, Anton knows him quite well. Yeah. Um, I've only interacted with him a couple times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I talked to him on the phone the other day and he says it's his dream to ride Glen Helen. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> All he's here, so. I didn't know that. If there's a chance, yeah. we're going to take him to Glen Helen and go moto. Yeah, he'd love it. He actually rides pretty good. <laughs> Does he? Yeah, he, he yeah. rides really good. So, so. Uh, how many Australian Supercross tiles did you have? Three or four? Uh, four. Four. Yep. Okay. What is that like to go there and dominate like that four times over? Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because 
Like, so when, when I went Supercross only at the end of 2016 mm -hmm. motocross season, I had gotten hurt at Washougal and it was a common trend for me. Like I kept getting hurt at the end of motocross seasons and it was just, I was burnt out. I, I wasn't having that much fun. Mm -hmm. I was a, you know, fifth to eighth place guy. And it just like, that's a tough spot to be because you know, you don't really have a chance to win the race. Um, and it's competitive obviously from fifth to fifth to 10th. And so you just feel like you're not getting much out of it. And I kept getting hurt every year. So anyways, we, uh, me and my wife were, we were at the beach, actually Myrtle beach in, in, uh, South Carolina. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to race motocross anymore. And, and, um, it, I tell this story a lot and, and your Eve does as well, but I didn't know on Instagram that you could get direct messages. Mm -hmm. So my wife's showing me, you know, and I'm not that tech savvy. And, um, she's like, yeah, you have these messages or whatever. And there was, I think you can, it shows like, 99 plus or whatever so i had you know over 100 messages whatever and the third one was from Yariv, and i clicked on it and would you ever want to come to australia and to race supercross and and um it was the craziest timing well, how like, how old was the message when you clicked um, on it? it was it wasn't that old that's what's so weird about it it was like two days old or something mm -hmm. so um i was like man this is a great opportunity but i didn't know like I, I wasn't even thinking ahead to Supercross mm -hmm. um, 2017 that at that time, because I'm like, I, I just, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow, you know, because I, I knew for sure that I didn't want to race a full schedule. And um, so, yeah, that's how me and Yarif kind of kicked off our relationship. And, and um, so yeah, going <laughs> you down there, DMs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, sent me some pictures. I talked to some people that have dealt with him before and, and uh, always been a Honda guy, you know, like I just, I love Hondas. And, and um, so made a couple calls to American Honda, like, hey, I got this opportunity in Australia. Can you support me with some motorcycles? They happened to be getting an all new bike for 2017. So they're like, yeah, we can give you all of our, some of our 2016 parts, ride a factory bike. So it all happened so quick. I flew out here, I rode like Sealy set up and, and um, yeah, next thing you know, me and my family were down in, in Australia. And, and now to fast forward to now having four titles and, uh, the main thing is the experiences we've had as a oh, family. Yeah. It, like, it's incredible. The people we've met there, um, at one point, my son had spent more time in Australia than he had in America, you know? Oh. And um, yeah, just a, a super special place. But at, you know, the first year was fun because you go there and win. And then the second year, you're really expected to win. And the third year, like, I, have, I got to feel that a little bit of pressure of what like James or RV feel here, you mm -hmm. know? And I only feel that for five or six races over there. So what started out as a ton of fun, which still is, but like every year I have to work a little bit harder because you don't want to get beat, you know, and I'm, I'm expected to win. So mm -hmm. um, bummer to miss it in 2020, but it was actually kind of cool to, to be home during the fall, mm -hmm. enjoy the holidays with some family and stuff. So um, super cool to, to get that opportunity. And now what Yuriva is doing over here is it's, uh, it's going to be a special time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Like the world's so different now and it's so weird with everything shut down. Was it like, kind of a like, ah, oh, we're not in Australia right now. Or was it like you said, you're just so stoked to be home for once? No, it was kind of a breath of fresh air for sure. Especially we've got a six year old and a, and a three year old and my wife's pregnant with a third. So it was kind of nice. Um, as many people know, traveling with, with kids that age, that age actually isn't tough. It's the previous years yeah. where, I mean, we're going from Charlotte to LA, LA to Australia. Then when you get there, 
you know, you've got to go check into an Airbnb. So you've got to drive an hour. Like, and it's, it's tough. It's tough mm -hmm. with kids. So um, that part was kind of nice just to take a deep breath, stay at home, catch up with some, you know, friends and family mm -hmm. and, and really enjoy North Carolina in the fall. It's a beautiful place to live. And we haven't got a chance to experience that in, in almost five years. Yeah. Um, what was the coolest thing about racing and spending so much time in Australia? Is it getting to see a completely different culture? I mean, is it that different really? I mean, the language isn't no, there. So. Yeah, it's, it's actually not that different. That's what's cool about it is the language, there's no language barrier, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and it is really similar to here, but I will say all the things that I'm passionate about, like I love coffee. They have amazing coffee mm -hmm. and everyone there gets up super early, which I like as yeah. the sun comes up. I mean, some, I think it's like four o'clock sometimes, 4.30 really? in the morning. And then <clears throat> everyone's super active in the morning. There's people outside working out and you're mm -hmm. having coffee at a cafe and everybody's really, really nice, especially when they hear your accent, American accent. They're like, they're intrigued by that and want to ask questions. So then you, <laughs> you just make a friend at the cafe, you know, yeah. and, uh, there's not many people or not many places like that. And then it's, it's very um, like extreme sports driven over there. There's tons of really good BMX, motocross, mm -hmm. uh, skate. Like there's a lot of that surf. Um, so that's cool too. And, and where we stay, we stay on the Sunshine Coast, just north of Brisbane, mm -hmm. an amazing place. Like we've actually thought, talked about living there for a couple of years. Like it's, really? it's that cool. And um, so yeah, it's, it's just similar enough to where you can really, really enjoy it. And you don't have to, you know, well, driving on the other side of the road, that, that wasn't that tough for me, but like my wife, when she first started driving there, she was like, scary on the, yeah, there were some scary moments for sure. But now she's used to it. And, um, the cool thing now is, is too, like, there's so many teachable moments for my daughter who, um, who is six, she'll be seven in, in June, but, um, she's made friends over there. So she'll ask about them and we'll FaceTime them. And, mm -hmm. and, um, but yeah, like little stuff like driving on the other side of the car and the other side of the road, like she'll ask questions. And uh, so, yeah, so many positives and, and I hope to do it for at least a couple more years. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, it's funny, I was, as you were speaking, I was thinking back to the first time I met you. I can remember it was at Lake Elsinore Motocross Park. Mm -hmm. And it was when you were still like a predominantly uh, arena cross guy. Yeah. And your agent at the time, Steve Aldock, was mm -hmm. like, oh, you got to meet this guy, Justin. <laughs> but uh that was a long time ago, a dude. Long time ago. You've you've had a really yeah. uh, long and, and fruitful career. <clears throat> Did you think that you'd be this successful in motocross? Uh, not a chance. No way. I mean, when I met you at Elsinore, I would have dreamed of qualifying for a Supercross main event. Like it, you know, I I say it a lot, but like guys like Jeremy McGrath and and Carmichael and. And um, even Chad Reed, they were like cartoon characters to me. I only seen them on TV. <laughs> yeah. So growing up in Iowa, I mean, all winter I would sit around and we wouldn't, you know, we'd go to some arena crosses here and there as an amateur. But um, yeah, I, I never would have dreamed. I, I never would have thought of even racing pro arena cross, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And once I did that into 2001, I was a senior in high school and uh, Des Moines arena cross was always the series opener. And uh, we went there just, hey, let's go see how we do and and um i almost won the thing I, I was fastest in practice uh i won my heat race i passed um damon bradshaw to win the heat race as i was throwing up in my helmet i was so nervous because it was bradshaw like <laughs> damon bradshaw like i'm racing with him yeah you know? and then um 
yeah, I wasn't in shape and, and got beat in the main event, but um, that weekend really showed me like, hey, these guys are like, they're actually human beings. Mm -hmm. And then uh, fast forward a, a few years, uh, was teammates with Buddy Antonez on the Honda Arena Cross team at the time. And, and that's when Budman, um, you know, he was one of my idols. He was a Arena Cross guy. And, and uh, yeah, he kind of took me under his wing out here in, in California, mm -hmm. introduced me to guys like Jeremy and, and Emig and uh, Rhino and Michael Byrne, who was close to at the time. And um, when I started going on bicycle rides with them and, mm -hmm. um, I was just a kid. I, I was such a sponge, and I couldn't believe that I was, I was hanging out with them. Actually, my first ever road bike ride was in Temecula, uh, on a hill they call the Pachanga Push. So mm -hmm. you climb up from the casino yeah. or to the casino, I forget. And I didn't have clipping pedals. Didn't even know what those were at the time. And I rode with um, Jeff Emig and Budman, mm -hmm. and I was like, thinking, I can't even believe this. Like this is crazy, you know. <laughs> so, but what that taught me was like they were just humans, you know, yeah. like. Um, we got done riding Star West one time, me and Budman and, and a couple other guys, and we drove through Del Taco, and I couldn't believe they were doing that. I'm like, they're eating Del what? Taco. They're, really, they're eating Del Taco? Because all the way through high school, I was like, no sweets, no soda. I mean, I didn't, I was like blinders on, like, I'm going to, yeah. you know, I want to do this right. And um, just showed me a little bit of a balance. Um, but to circle back to your question, yeah, I didn't even have any plans to even race supercross to be honest mm -hmm. i didn't think there'd ever be an opportunity uh so to to come up through arena cross and get a couple opportunities really because of of budman mm -hmm. that's awesome we're going to take a quick break there from our sponsors uh we'll be back for more with uh, justin Britton.
Hey guys, welcome back to the Swap Moto Live Show presented by OGO Power Sports and FMF Racing. I'm joined by Justin Brayton here today. During the break, we were laughing and talking about how long ago it was that we actually met. But uh, dude, through the years, you've been like the out of the country killer, right? <laughs> Why was it always so easy for you early in your career to just dominate in other countries? Yeah, interesting question because a lot of people used to say, oh, if he could only ride like he rode at Bercy, he could win over here. And I would always, not that I would disagree, but I'm like, if you look at the guys beating me in America, at the time it was Villapoto, Dungey, Stewart, and Reed. And mm -hmm. I was like a fifth place guy, you know? None of those guys were there. Yeah. So yeah, I would beat everyone else. And so yeah, I always, that was always my comeback because I didn't want people to think like, oh, I couldn't perform over here. Oh, mm -hmm. like the guys were good. I was just racing really good guys. Yeah. And you're only racing a few of them over there, you know? Um, so starts don't really, they're not that big of a factor. And um, I had a couple people tell me, uh, Wyndham actually told me at Bercy in like 2000, I think it was 2008 or nine, something like that, that he's like, man, do as many of these as you can. And then I think it was Tim Ferry as well was like, that was one of his regrets. Like he wished he did more mm -hmm. overseas races. and. And then guys like Budman, who I was teammates with, and uh, Brad Hagseth, I was teammates with as well in, in Arena Cross, they would always say like, they wish they enjoyed the cities more, or like embraced yeah. kind of, yeah. you know, not being so serious in off season and going racing overseas. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll go race overseas. Yeah, you're gonna pay me money to go race in Paris, France? Like, yeah. heck yeah, I'll go, you know? And, and then created a relationship with Eric Pernard, who um, kind of handles a lot of those races and, um, Next thing you know, I'm doing them every year. And, mm -hmm. and now, you know, like, it's pretty cool to say that the winningest racer ever in Geneva Supercross with six wins and uh, Bercy win and in Italy, I went to Bulgaria one year. Mm -hmm. So I just try and embrace it. And, and another thing too, is I love Supercross so much. Like I would get done with motocross and like kind of be miserable at the end <laughs> of the year. And then I'd be so excited to ride Supercross again. I wouldn't even take that month off or mm -hmm. even two, like I'd be wanting to race or ride Supercross the following week, you know, I yeah. can't wait to get back on Supercross. So I, I, I loved it. I used to love the, you know, the US Open and um, and then a lot of those tracks are tighter. So it kind of brings me back to the, my arena, arena cross, cross days. Racing. And um, so yeah, just kind of really fell into that and, and loved it and I love to travel. Uh, see some cool places and make a little extra money and, and also race and and that was a big thing too early in my career I wasn't that great of a racer mm -hmm. so I'm like I just need to race as much as possible and so that's kind of how that came about yeah and it's funny too because I knowing you I know that you're the kind of guy that you go to an overseas race you're serious about the race mm -hmm. but you take in the culture and you see things right like yeah it blew me away like I think uh at Bercy a few years ago mm -hmm. uh Cole Seeley went in with his girlfriend at the time. And the first night we took that walking tour of the city with yeah. Eric. And that was all they did. They mm -hmm. stayed at the hotel and went to that little mall to eat dinner yeah, yeah. every other night. I'm like, dude, there's so much more to see here. But mm -hmm. it, it's pretty cool that dirt bikes have taken you around the world and you've gotten to see so many things that most people only watch on TV. Totally, and, and like if I could pick, <clears throat> One thing that I want to do every day is ride motorcycles, right? Like I, I still absolutely love it. So combine that with traveling the world with my family and I get to do what I love and mm -hmm. so many cool experiences. Like I don't, 
I really don't understand why people don't do it more, at least a couple of them, you know? Mm -hmm. um, the race experience, the it, it kind of throws you off a little bit. Like, you never feel perfect on race day, you know? Well, you definitely don't feel perfect over there because you're jet lagged and mm -hmm. you maybe not on the exact same bike, which that was one of my things early on is I had a bike malfunction in 2006, I believe in Geneva. Cause back then you would just like borrow bikes or yeah. like you'd put your graphics on some random kid's bike over there. Yeah. Well, it, it broke on the face of a jump and I broke my hand. And ever since that day, I'm like, I'm either gonna pay out of my pocket to ship bikes or bring parts or bring a couple mechanics if I have to. Mm -hmm. So I would always spend money and take it real serious. Like if I'm going over there to do it, I wanna win the race and I want it to be worthwhile for my team to let me go and also worthwhile for me to learn something or better myself or be mm -hmm. on the same motorcycle as I'm racing here. That way we learn something, whether it's suspension or, or whatever it is. So I've always taken it really serious where maybe that's kind of why I win more as well. Some guys might not take it as serious, but I would say in the past six or seven years, everyone ships bikes now. Like it's, yeah. it's pretty serious, you know, yeah. so. What's the uh, strangest like food encounter you had at a foreign race? Ooh, I like to try different food too, but I would say the strangest, I never tried it, but uh, Geneva Supercross, um, Bone, Bone Marrow, mm -hmm. Will Hunt, this man Will, and I think Will's dad, I think Will's dad tried it and was like, oh yeah, it's, it's not bad, but me and we were like, no way, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, other than that, like, you know, some, there's always something, but um, I won't venture too far out. Like I love to try their local food and stuff, mm -hmm. but I won't venture too far out because I don't really want to get sick, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I will try their, you know, yeah, right? some stuff, especially like in Europe, you know, it's great pasta or um, actually in Paris one year, I'd never tried duck. Mm -hmm. And um, I had the best grilled duck, like it was amazing. So now I'll try and order it over here and I still haven't had anything as good as that. <laughs> Disappointing. But, yeah, exactly. But Australia, you know, they have great food. Like I, yeah, it's not really anything different there. You know, it's not mm -hmm. like real cultural over there. So um, just really good, clean food. Yeah, Anton has come back raving about the coffee as well. Yeah, yeah, in Australia. Australia? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff, that's for sure. Okay, earlier you were talking about the foreign thing and like, well, this guy wasn't there and that guy. The names you were naming off, Reed, Stewart, Carmichael, and like, and like now you're racing against Kenny and like, mm -hmm. you've raced against some of the biggest hitters in our sports history, right? Mm -hmm. Who was the gnarliest guy? Uh, man, there's so many different answers to that question, but I would say on any given day, I mean, the the gnarliest guy, when you just think of from top to bottom was James, because he could, like, he could beat you in so many different ways. Like, you know, from didn't have to get a good start because he might jump something crazy. He might go through the whoops twice as fast as you. Um, yeah, but then you think of like Villapoto, you just felt like would never, make a mistake like you just know he was always going to be there same with Dunge like you you knew that if you even had a chance to for me then to even win a heat race or get on the podium like you would have to be really really good just because of the consistency then mm -hmm. like RV never made mistakes Dunge never made mistakes 
Chad rarely did. I mean, there's a reason why he's the, he has the most podiums, you know, of mm-hmm. anyone. And, and I think Dunge has the record for consecutive podiums, right, I believe. And so, yeah, that era was, was crazy. I was joking with somebody the other day. I'm like, man, I don't even have, I don't have to race Stu. Reed's retired now. RV's done. And Dunge, like, dang, I'm going to win the title this year. No problem. Like, just kidding, you know, because <laughs> yeah. now there's a whole another, obviously, with Kenny and Eli, like, um, and even now that like they're getting later on in their mm-hmm. career and I don't know how old Eli is, but, um, yeah, so it's been fun to, to go through those different eras, but I mean, the, the list and, and the depth now, I would say then it was really top heavy mm-hmm. and, but I could go down in the first turn and still, you could maybe get an eighth or something. Now, if you go down the first turn, I mean, I think I did in Oakland and I came back to 13th and it was everything I had mm-hmm. to get to that, you know? So now it's just so deep. It's, it's crazy deep. We, we say it every year. There's not been a year that I've lined up in the 450 class. We're like, oh, it's the deepest it's ever been. And some years it is. Some years you're like, well, yeah, but eighth place, you know, mm-hmm. probably can't really win a race. We're now like, yeah, we could rattle off names pretty easy. You could rattle off, you know, 12 to 14 names right now that have a mm-hmm. chance to win. So, um, but yeah, that, it was fun to race those guys for sure. But I would say James would do things that was, that it was incredible. Did it, did James ever pass you and you're just like, what? Um, <laughs> what was that? I mean, probably multiple times, none that really sticks out. Cause mm-hmm. I never really raced James, you know, like I wasn't on that level by any means. Mm-hmm. So I don't want people to think I was really like truly racing him. There was, yeah, maybe towards the end of his career, there was a couple races, but um, he was just always much mm-hmm. better than me, so wasn't really racing him too much. Okay, through the years, uh, you know, you've been on all these great teams, right? What's the one bike that stands out to you? It's just like, that thing was dialed. Uh, 2012 Honda. Yeah? Yeah, 100%, that, that bike. Um, and I just think <clears throat> I was ready for that ride at the time. Um, Honda. I've just been a Honda guy for a long time. I mm-hmm. grew up on Hondas and, you know, to ride for factory Honda was like, is, is that also the year you got 10? Uh, no, I got around? 10 the year before. Oh, the year before. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was just, I, I was ready to be a front runner. I was ready for that factory Honda ride and, and I timed it just perfect. 2012, that bike was unbelievable. And, and to be quite honest, it could have been terrible. It wasn't, but it could have been terrible. And I wouldn't have cared because it's factory Honda. I would have thought it was the best bike in the world. Yeah. But just so happened, it really was. Like I know, you know, people that still talk about that motorcycle and yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a great year. Um, but I would say that bike of all of them was, was one that, yeah, it was, it was awesome. And is lining up on a bike that you really truly believe in, is it a mental and competitive advantage? For sure, yeah, I, and I've lined up on bikes that are are more track dependent. So, um, for instance, like it, the Yamaha in 2010 and 11, um, I knew that for me when I lined up on on hard pack, even 13 and 14 on the Yamaha, um, which is kind of different today. Like they say it's not as good on the hard pack, but then um, I knew a hard pack track like I would be good. It was really good in the whoops, mm-hmm. um, but for some reason in the ruts, I just wasn't that good. So all the bikes are really, really good. I just think when you, when you have a really, really good one, that, that's a standout good bike, it's good everywhere. Mm-hmm. So ruts, um, hard pack, big whoops, small whoops, like 
everything is just good. And that bike was, was that way. I think I rode the same suspension setting pretty much every race. We might've clicked around on it. Mm -hmm. But when you're in that window, you show up to the race and it's a really soft dirt. You're like, yeah, all good. You show up, there's huge whoops. You're like, yeah, sweet. That's when you know like, that, that's, that's a good feeling. Cool. Uh, one more commercial break. We'll be back for more with uh, Justin Braden. Don't try to be the fastest on the track. Be the fastest ever. Work harder than everyone else. Because dedication is everything. If they say your goals are crazy, be insane. Be fast. Be the crazy one. Be unstoppable. One goal, one vision. We put our heads together to both reimagine and lift the bar on what a modern motocross helmet should be. Opt for the highest level of modern technology and energy dispersion with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. Designed for an elevated defense against a wider range of real-world impact scenarios. Globally engineered with the most advanced materials and technologies available. Outfit yourself with proven technology, lightweight performance, and elevated impact management with the Fly Racing Formula Helmet. What's up guys, it's Brock Tickle. I ride for the JGR Yoshimura Factory Suzuki Racing Team and I'm stoked to be back at the races. Planning my comeback to racing was cool to see. I have a lot of support behind me to, to get me here. FXR stepped up and invested in me, and I'm stoked to be part of them. FXR um, honestly kind of blew me away. All the product is awesome. The pants fit me awesome. The best fitting pant I've ever worn, and everything's supplemented, and it looks good. on hold but now is the perfect time to prepare for their return amsoil has your back with fast free shipping and ordering has never been easier just look up your vehicle select your product add an oil change to your cart and check out spend $50 on amsoil products and shipping is on us order now at amsoil.com Hey guys, welcome back to the Swap Moto Live Show presented by OGO Power Sports and FMF Racing. Here for uh, one last segment with Justin Brayton. There was one point 
I think I was like one of those articles where I was asking everybody, like, what's your plan after racing? And you told me that you want to be a professional mountain bike racer or a serious mountain bike racer mm -hmm. after retiring from motocross. Is that still something, a bucket list for you? Yeah, for sure. You know, I don't know how, how high of a level. You know, it was always my, my goal or, or I would say the plan, like I would love to be Cat 1 national champ. Mm -hmm. To take it any further than that is like, it's just not even possible, you know. The next mm -hmm. level is like, it's like trying to win, you know, Loretta's and then you want to be Supergrass champ. Like it's not yeah. possible, you know. So to, to be Cat 1 national champ I think is realistic and, and would take a lot of work, but I want to be ready for that because after racing, I, I'm the type like I'll, I want something to do. I want to like wake up with a passion and a goal, and a goal of, mm -hmm. of doing something. And that's the closest thing you can get to moto. So yeah, I would love to. I, I did uh, a couple mountain bike races last, last summer and last fall. And um, yeah, I, I love it. I just, I love suffering. I love the, uh, it's, it's somewhat similar to moto where you, you can't hide. Like, you, you know, if you haven't done the work, you're just going to get tired and yeah. you're, you're not going to be good, you know? So I love that where you can't blame it on an, uh, another person or, um, or anything. It's just it's you and the bike and, and how hard have you been working? So I like that aspect of it. So yeah, to answer your question, I think it'd be cool to, to focus on that for a couple of years and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it'd be fun. Isn't it funny to think about the cycling part for some racers is like, a necessary evil that they yeah. just have to do to train <laughs> but like you know you it's a passion for you it's yeah. something that you love to do yeah and it flip-flopped uh i was focusing more on bicycle racing say oh even 2012 it started that summer um and then into 13 and 14 i, I just i'd never ridden a mountain bike ever in my life till 2011 mm -hmm. and the guys on jgr uh, they always rode and, and, and just so happened Charlotte, North Carolina, like there's a ton of mountain biking there. A lot of people don't realize it, but um, some amazing mountain bike trails. And so I went when I actually borrowed uh, Coy Gibbs, the, the owner, uh, borrowed his mountain bike and mm -hmm. rode and, and fell in love with it and started racing. And we had a Wednesday night series there and then mm -hmm. it got pretty competitive. And then I was, there were some weekends during the motocross series where I would fly home with Coach Gibbs right after the race. So that way I could race my mountain bike on Sunday morning at a regional <laughs> race. So it got a little too hectic, but that's what kind of kept me, it was like I was just getting burned on, on the whole season of motocross. So that kept me like still in really good shape. Mm -hmm. And I think the suffering really helped me as well because then, you know, like you, like I said, you can't hide on a, on a mountain bike or, and you can't hide at Redbud when it's a hundred degrees and, and second moto. So, uh, but I definitely think I focused too much on it so I had to pull back the reins on that a little bit. And, <laughs> and uh, uh, so yeah, now it's kind of time and place, but still really enjoy it. And yeah, I would love to, to do some racing when it's, mm -hmm. when it's all said and done. I really like that helmet that you did last year, like the mountain bike themed helmet. Yeah, the specialized yeah, helmet. Yeah, specialized yeah. and I think Shimano was on it too, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Two companies that um, I still have to kind of pinch myself that I'm sponsored by, you know, being um, a moto guy, being sponsored by, what I believe is the best bicycle company in the business mm -hmm. and, and um, Shimano, the best components. And uh, so, yeah, super cool relationship that I've had for a long time and, and um, a lot over a lot of crossover. Obviously, every moto guy rides bicycles and, mm -hmm. and vice versa. And, 
in, um, now I actually own a, a motorcycle and, and bike shop in Charlotte mm -hmm. called 10 Cycles and, and we have specialized e-bikes now. So mm -hmm. um, kind of a cool store to now actually even sell them. So it's pretty yeah. cool. Okay, tell me about 10 Cycles. That was gonna be one of my questions for mm -hmm. sure. Is like, it's funny because I've seen you post about it. Mm -hmm. I've seen the logos and everything, but for some dumb reason, I thought it was just a shop that sponsored you and just yeah. happened to be 10, right? But yeah. I learned real recently that it's actually yours. Yeah, yeah, so um, yeah, started way back in, I think 2016. Um, just w had kind of an idea and, and um, a good friend of mine who helps me a lot uh, in Charlotte had been in the, in the dealership business for years. He owned a Honda store, owned a Suzuki store, and a Harley store in DC, like he'd been in that business. And, and um, we had just kind of always talked about it. Obviously, I don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. Only thing I do know is I love motorcycles. I love bicycles. And um, uh, speaking about Eric Pinard earlier, he owned a, a half motorcycle, half bicycle store near Daytona. Mm -hmm. And he took me there one day and I was just like, this is so cool, you know? And, and you always think about what you want after racing or, hey, what investment should you do? And, and um, I just know I love being around like-minded people. Mm -hmm. I love bicycles. I love motorcycles. And how can I help potentially when I don't get those things for free, how can I pay for my habit, my <laughs> habits after, yeah. after I'm done, you know? And so yeah, an opportunity came up to open one in, in Charlotte. And um, so yeah, I bought the building in like 2016 and, and things have just evolved. And, and um, so yeah, we're full on dealership and been open for almost two years now mm -hmm. and, and um, what lines do you carry so right now it's KTM Husky mm -hmm. specialized e-bikes and Stasic and we sell um, a lot of fly racing gear and and um, which nowadays you can pretty much get any gear you want from a dealership but um, yeah it's it's been really fun we have some cool things um, you, know, you know it's hard because I'm in I'm a little bit handicapped because I obviously I race a Honda so um, and I'm not selling Hondas, you know, but yeah. uh, hopefully got some cool things in the works for for the future and, and uh, I can kind of bring that full circle and then really mm -hmm. be a, a part of, of even Uribe's race team. And, and um, yeah, it's been fun, been really, really fun to learn the business side. I'm not that involved, but um, yeah, it's it's been fun to learn it and, and yeah, it's something really neat to have. Yeah, uh, it's funny on that, the business side, right? Mm -hmm. There is like a lot of regulations and requirements and and stuff to become a dealership for certain yeah. brands, right? Like yeah. you can't be within so many miles of another. Yeah, exactly, and, yeah. yeah. And, uh, so how did you end up with the KTM Husky? So yeah, when I was race, when I was riding for KTM, um, John Eric was president at the time, mm -hmm. and and he knew that I lived in Charlotte, and we just kind of started talking one day, like, hey, would you ever be interested in a in a dealership and and somehow we kind of found out like it, it was it was one of their biggest open points in North America. I'm like, man, Charlotte is such a cool city. How could they be, you know, lacking a, a dealership there? And mm -hmm. um, so that's how it all started. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I, I don't, I, I can't do it. Like, I'd, it'd be like putting a beginner at the line at Houston this yeah. year, you know. Like, um, but the cool thing is in business, you surround yourself with good people. And, mm -hmm. and like I said, my my friend Ryan. Kelly has helped me from the very beginning and he has a lot of dealership experience and, mm. and um, so yeah, but I, I'm learning every day. Um, like I said, I'm not that hands-on, but I do go in there quite often and, 
and try and learn and, and not step on their toes by any means, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, try and create a cool brand, a cool atmosphere. That was my thing too, is when I was young, I would always go to Storm Lake Honda. It was a dealership that we got bikes from back mm -hmm. home in Iowa. And, and as a kid, I just wanted to go in there because they had videos playing of, you know, terra firma or something at the yeah. time. And like, it was just a cool, it was like a destination place where you just wanted to go and just hang out. You didn't mm -hmm. go there to buy a motorcycle. You didn't go there to buy anything. You were just like, I want to go hang out with the dealership guys, you know? And I feel like that's been lost. Mm -hmm. And so we've, we've tried to create that again, like a cool place. I don't care if you come in and don't buy anything, just come hang out. Like yeah. let's talk about the race last weekend or, um, yeah, we've got TVs playing Supercross and, and uh, sometimes they'll, they'll grill out on a Saturday and watch the motocross race. I went mm -hmm. there a few times and threw some burgers on the grill and what, put the motocross race on TV. And um, so yeah, it, it's been a really fun project and um, yeah, some exciting stuff in the works to hopefully uh, be able to, to promote it more and, and uh, take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's 10 cycles like every other bicycle and motorcycle shop in California that I know of at least, did the COVID thing just sell you out of everything? It's crazy, yeah. Uh, when it first happened, you know, I'm, I'm talking to the, the GM and, and uh, my partner, Ryan, like, and Ryan actually said, uh, we sat down several times before we, we did this deal and like, man, here, it's a really tough business. He told me from the very, very beginning, like it's a super tough business. It's, um, yeah, I mean, you gotta grind and, and this and that. It's not all glamorous, you know? Yeah. But I know we can make it work. I know, you know, if you buy the building and get in the building right and, and you know, there's so many different ways to do it, but we're, we're like hedging our bets pretty good. The only thing that could stop us is like a, a pandemic or something. <laughs> and here we are in March, we're like, he goes, dude, remember what we talked about? I'm like, yeah, the only thing that could truly like make us go belly up and then April was our biggest month ever. Mm -hmm. Then now it's like, we just keep having record month after record month. And, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, we can't get enough product to sell. And um, like for instance, like the Stasic bikes are just, I mean, what a cool yeah. brand. And they're just, we order them and they're gone, order them and they're gone. And, um, and I've tried to have, you know, like specialized. That was, I want to have like specialized in there. Cause I, I ride it, I believe in it. Like I'm out, at the mountain bike trails riding like that's the brand I like and, mm -hmm. and my kids are riding stay six and so that's what I've tried to create and um it's been super cool but yeah we've we've had some some great months for sure mm -hmm. cool we're almost out of time but uh real quickly looking forward to uh supercross season that's going to start in a few days I was talking with uh with my guys before you came and I'm like dude the thing that's interesting to me is not who's fast and who's going to win and everything but like what role is COVID-19 going to play in the outcome like mm -hmm. is it something that's crossed your mind at all like like as far as people testing yeah like cause when the, yeah. <clears throat> the first shutdown right before mm -hmm. they pulled off Salt Lake it was like I only knew of one person that ever had it, it was mm -hmm. Rick Johnson right and now it's like there's so many people and there's so many top racers that have already had it right yeah I think, it, I think it's gonna play yeah. a role in the, in the title. Well, I mean, if you look at every other sport, it's, it's happened in every sport. Mm -hmm. uh, at the highest levels of Lewis Hamilton and Valentino Rossi. And so, you know, it's not exempt to Supercross. It's definitely gonna happen. Um, I just think maybe the timing of it, like a lot of people have had it, like you said. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, can can you get it again? Is the 90-day thing true? Can you get it on the on the 54th day? You know, like yeah. is 90 days is that like the cutoff? So it's interesting for sure. Um, try and do the best you can, uh, and yeah, maybe it hinders the outcome. I hope not. I, I really hope not for the fans, for me as a racer. Um, yeah, I, I hope it doesn't, but mm-hmm. it definitely could. Yeah, it's gonna be wild. Mm-hmm. Well, man, I'm excited to uh, see you on the uh, on the muck off Honda. Yeah. There's gonna be some little pink in the. In yeah, the thing, yeah, right? a little bit, little bit of pink in yeah. the helmet and gear, and a little bit on the bike. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Oh, hey, buddy. I would normally shake your hand, but we're being socially <laughs> distant. But uh, yeah. good luck in uh, thank you in 2021, and thanks for stopping by. Cool. Thanks All for right. having me, guys. Thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you next week.